0: You're now listening to The Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com.
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Co op Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Richard Bailey Jr. And today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's
2: going very well. Thank you very much, Fine. Rich. Um, good good to be back. I think uh, we had a bit of a hiatus. Um, and I hope you enjoyed, you know, your week last week. I know it was very eventful. And uh yeah. Good to be back now, though. Um, yeah, that's it. Absolutely. Um, and uh, we're
1: also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana?
0: Hello. It's going very well. Happy to be here.
1: Good to hear. Uh, so, yeah, as, as Gary just said, uh, I would like to formally apologize that uh, we did not have a show last week. I actually... Was in New York for WrestleMania 35, uh, a week long adventure of uh, long shows and um, you know some questionable decisions with some of the booking, but overall it was a fun time. Um, yeah. And uh, we did. I did. I did get a chance to finally meet Dana, and we did play Smash Brothers. Uh, my ch- very, oh no, not not me, not me, not me. <laughs> yeah. We, we we played along with uh, my very good friend Ricky and uh, our other two friends that we made as well, uh, yeah. Jackie and Amani. So uh, a very a very a fun fun trip overall. Um, we are going to at some point do another wrestlecast because I am aware that there is a superstar shakeup that is taking place tomorrow night. So uh, stay tuned for that because uh, that's probably going to be sometime next week if not the weekend. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But uh, overall, a, a fun trip. Uh, so I do apologize. I wasn't back. I wasn't uh, around to record the show. But we'll make up for that today because there's quite a bit of things that happened that we can definitely talk about. So, with all that said, um, before we get into all of that, we we'll want to let you all know what we have been playing. So, uh, Dana, would you like to go first and let us know what you've been playing?
0: Um, my games as always are, are like they're the calm, relaxing, cute kind, just because I've been stressed. So my game that I've been playing is Kirby's Extra Epic Yarn, which I love these type of games. You know, the, we had also um Yoshi's Woolly World, so it's kind of related to that. Um so for me, it's just very calm, it's very relaxing, it's very cute and it's a good way to not kill people. So I've been enjoying myself with Kirby.
2: Wait, so are you you saying that it wasn't for Kirby you'd be killing people?
0: I would be saying that my life could be way different than what it is today.
2: Well, 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 there you go people, video games save people.
0: They save lives, they really do. (laughs) That <laughs> yarn.
1: Absolutely, yeah, that that sounds good. Uh, I I definitely um will have to make a point to check out some of these other games. Uh, I will say that after playing Smash Brothers last weekend, uh, I definitely want to get a Switch now uh, for sure because uh, just being able to play the five player Smash Brothers that that was a lot of fun. Um, even though uh, my very good friend Ricky cheated in pretty much every matchup that we had. It still Don't was a lot of fun.
0: So. blame the man who cannot defend himself right now. That was <laughs> what you You came in and, like, completely destroyed people. And then the thing that I love is that you're so laid back about it where you're like, oh, who, me? Who won? Oh, I won? Yay! Uh,
1: so- well... Mm hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll see about that, because you you definitely did that more than a couple of
0: times. Sometimes. No, no. Here's the thing. The only, <laughs> I, the only reason why I was shocked that I won one, like two games was because I would die within like the first 10 seconds. And the fun part was like nobody hit me. I would just fall off the stage, not well, knowing where I'm at.
1: That that, so, that, that, that 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 certainly is a skill that many people must master who decide to play that game because it's very easy to fall off of some of them stages.
0: Like so. a brief go by and I'm off the stage and I don't even know what happens. It's literally, just start and I'm dead. So my joy came from, wow, I'm surprised that I'm still existing and I didn't fall off yet. But then, you know, you would come in and would just wipe out everybody and would be like, ha-ha. And it was so so sad because you didn't even give people a chance.
1: No, no, that's we definitely we definitely talk about Ricky here with his uh, Donkey Kong. Kept picking Donkey Kong and beating the hell out of everybody with that character.
0: (laughs) You would come in with like a random we fit and come and destroy everyone was like, I didn't even know she had moves.
2: Oh, no, I, I, I. that we felt oh. instructor, that's my main right there. Like, when I when I play that character, I'm a... <laughs> she's,
0: she's literally like, you know, you pay no attention to her. You think she's like a random Karen on the street and she comes in and she will whoop your ass. She's amazing. Yeah. She really is, but with Richard, it's like, oh, I don't know anything. And then comes <laughs> in Karen. Th- those
2: are the most dangerous people. Like, the ones that say they can't play the game. Like, those are the most like, dangerous ones.
0: He's all like, I don't even have a Nintendo Switch. What are we switching to? <laughs> and <then> he, yeah. <laughs> right there,
1: you
0: have King, the King of of Smash Brothers.
1: Oh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not true. I'm not the King of anything. That that's that is the person that owns it. You know, and 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 I, and I, I don't worry. I will give Ricky a chance to defend himself on a uh, the next WrestleCast. He can defend his uh, his uh, Smash Brother. Uh, you know why he massacred everybody. So mm. stay tuned for that. <laughs> All right, so mo- moving on, Gary. How about you? Let us know what you've been playing.
2: Uh, not much really. I mean, you know, whenever I do get to play games, it's either been Overwatch or the Division Two. Um, I'm I haven't quite reached level thirty yet. I think I'm at like level twenty six on Division. Um. So yeah, I haven't beat the game. I still got a couple missions left, um, and then you know I'm, I'm I I just want to like beat it so I can get to the the end game content because I've heard that's really good. But uh, yeah, I just I just haven't had a lot of time to play. So just here and there, you know, whenever I can spare a few minutes, I hop on Overwatch or Division and do a mission or something. But uh, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, I did actually. Um, because every few years, like, I like to revisit one of my favorite games of all time, and that's Streets of Rage. So um, I did play Streets of Rage 2 and uh, 3, you know, um, just, you know, just just a mess about, like played a few levels of each game and stuff just to remind myself and bring myself back to my childhood and remember why I loved those games so much. So, yeah, that's, that's it pretty much. And I'm actually looking forward to Streets of Rage Four a little more now than I was before, like just because I want to see the vision and and where they take it. But um, but yeah, we'll see.
0: Will you ever tire of Overwatch?
2: No, I
0: won't. So you like no? Why are you asking this question?
2: I'm gonna play it forever.
0: I will be buried with the game. Screw you.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I I won't I won't be able to like survive the, the day they take that game offline like this they shut the server down like that's it for me like i'm i'm done with life after that, that awkward silence i'm sorry
0: transition
2: <laughs> i don't know if we're just here, but yeah yeah uh, yeah 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 yeah
1: sorry, sorry about that sorry about that we had a bit of a Issue on this side, but uh, no, that's good. Yeah, I know Gary will always play Overwatch because uh, that is his favorite game. Uh, and whenever they announce Overwatch Two, even though you, you, Tatiana, and others keep saying that will never happen, whenever that gets announced, uh, we probably will not see Gary for at least a couple of weeks. So uh, stay tuned for that because uh, it is going to happen. <laughs> All right, uh. As for what I've been playing, uh, I will go ahead and admit that there's 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 two games I've been playing. One that uh, I may be embarrassed to talk about. The other one, not so much. So I'm going to go with the embarrassing game first. Uh, as WWE has done its job with the marketing of WrestleMania 35, sure enough, I was playing WWE 2K19 the other day. Um, pretty much... Uh, I wanted to go in there and look at the community creations because I know people are always creating stuff. And much to my surprise, even though it's not really a surprise, a lot of people already had updated the attires of the wrestlers uh, when they actually debuted, uh, you know, during when they had their uh, matches during WrestleMania, which I thought was fantastic. They do so good a job of this. It makes me wonder why 2K does not pay them to update the game because 2K doesn't bother update, updating the game at, at all so um, I did try out some of the attires of the other wrestlers and I was very impressed um, so yeah I, I wanted to reenact some of the matches that I saw so I had a, a fun time doing that and trying to mess around with the GM mode so I will once again say that the game definitely has some issues but um at least the community they do what they can to try and update the tires. So I have to give them credit on that at least. The people who actually play the game and enjoy it. They actually try to keep it updated the best they can. So I'm very curious to see what, what WWE what what will happen with WWE twenty twenty. Although I expect that game to be just as bad because you know, it's two K and they haven't really made a lot of drastic changes to the formula yet. So We'll see how that goes.
0: Well, remember they said previously that they was taking a break because we're already in March and the game usually drops around in October, and we haven't heard a single smattering about it. So I think that they're taking a break.
1: I do, I do remember that, and 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 and, and I I really do hope that uh, that they stay true to that because uh, I I think there may be some the shareholders may want to get a game out because of the fact that uh, SmackDown is moving to uh, Fox in October. Um, I, hope, I hope I'm hope I incorrect because if they take more time, then yes, it means the game will be significantly better or it could at least be better, but uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, you are right because you uh, definitely would start hearing some news now if it was coming out this year, unless they're going to wait until E3 to start revealing, oh, yes, this game is in development. But I, I I have no idea, so we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> I mean, um, I, ho- I hope not. I really hope not. But um, I do feel that they've never really made a presence, have they? At E three, am I wrong about that?
1: They they normally have a um the game like behind closed doors, like if you can get an appointment. To 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 actually check it out, then then yeah, you'll you'll get invited to that. They they didn't do that last year. Um, they have done it in the past, so more than likely they won't do it this year because I know that the big game. Well, there's two games I know for sure that they will release this year. That is Borderlands, which is a big big game. Borderlands three and uh, of course NBA two K twenty twenty. That's definitely going to come out this year because that game comes out every year. So. Aside from those two, I don't know what else they're going to actually be bringing out. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um yeah, yeah I, I do hope they do decide to take a break because it is de- it is desperately needed. I, you know, Playing this game and then going to play all these other games, I, I see there are so many things they can fix about this game that will make it actually better than it is. Uh, but I don't really think they're taking the time to really think about that because they're like, well, we got to have the release every year. So hopefully that will change. But you know, if it's up to the shareholders, it won't change because they're gonna be thinking about, hey, we gotta make, we gotta make this money. So we'll see though. I mean, anything is possible.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is true. But I hope that it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, I do hope that Becky Lynch is on the cover.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Becky two belts, yes, definitely. <laughs> we we need we need to see that. So, we'll see. <laughs> uh, as for the other game that I have had a chance to play, I've been playing a game called uh, God's Trigger. Um, this is a game that uh, our very good friend Adam Vale actually wrote a preview for that, that is on the website right now. Um, the best way I can describe this game is like it's it's one of those games in the vein of Hotline Miami. So if you're a huge fan of Hotline Miami, uh, but you want to basically play as characters, you know, you're playing as both the angel and the demon, and you're taking on the four horsemen of the apocalypse and all these other characters and traveling to various stages. Um, If you're into Hotline Miami and these types of themes in the game, with you know, good and evil and that type of stuff, you will absolutely love this game. Um, I am going to have a review of the game later this week, because it actually comes out uh, this upcoming week. So stay tuned for that on the website. Um, I have played through a, a huge chunk of the game. It is a lot of fun. It is also very challenging, you know, because if you get shot one time, that's it, you're dead. Uh, now, you obviously, you can continue to replay once you reach a checkpoint, but um, it just requires excellent timing and strategy, because if you don't have those two things, then you absolutely will struggle with this game. But uh, it, is, it is a ton of fun. Uh, you're able to level up the characters. You, you're you able to do special moves, so on and so forth. So once again, if you like Hotline Miami, you definitely should keep an eye out for this game. Uh, also, Techland, uh, the same guys who made uh, Dying Light and are working on Dying Light 2, they actually published this game as well. So it's that should tell you right there the quality of the game. You know that studio. They always put out great games. So uh, definitely something to look for. But uh, as I said... I will have a review for this game up on the website this week when the embargo lifts, so stay tuned for that. And definitely uh, consider checking out the game, especially if you love Hotline Miami or any of these top-down top type of shooters. But, uh, yeah. That uh, pretty much covers what I've been playing and uh, what we have all been playing. And um, with that said, we're going to jump right into the topics for this week because uh, there's a couple of things to get through here. So, First topic on the list. I have to ask Dana and Gary, did both of you get an opportunity to change your PSN ID names because now you're able to do that?
2: <laughs> um, I haven't changed it yet, but I am going to be changing it to Gary the PC Gamer. You know, just because <laughs> just yeah. I feel I like need to, you know, establish the fact that um, I'm basically solely a PC gamer at this point. I how about you dana
0: uh no here's the thing I time and thought on my my gamer tags so i never had a reason to change them they have meaning to me so no that doesn't really apply to me but good for all of those who have to change their gamer tag
1: oh yeah so so one, one thing I, I want to say about this, and Gary, you could definitely correct me if, if uh, some of the stuff I said is inaccurate. Uh-huh. Uh, I know that it has taken a long time for Sony to finally figure this out. Uh, and, and, and it's good that they finally figured it out for those that are, you know who have been desperately wanting to change their names. But I feel the way they have gone about this, not entirely the best way, because I know that when they released the statement that this is now an order that has been done, they did mention that it will not work for every game because apparently the name is attached to, you know, the profiles and you know if you've been playing a certain game, you get a certain amount of trophies, so on and so forth. All that stuff is attached together. So they they did acknowledge that certain games that were like if if you I believe it was around March or April of 2018, yeah. uh, then, then 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 this when you make this change. your your account won't be affected at all. But if you, any game before that, though, however, it might not work as far as naming the, changing the name. If you change the name, you may lose, you know, I guess uh, some of the stats that you've already built up as well as the I don't know if you'll lose trophies. I just know that they pretty much have already said that you're going to definitely lose some stuff if you play a game prior to April of 2018, uh, a PS4 game. So uh, I I think that's a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, that is very disappointing to hear because I would think with all the time that they spent trying to make this an option, it should just work out the gate for every game on PS4, especially a game from this generation. Um, But again, they did acknowledge that, uh, and I I believe that that this is a beta now, if if I'm correct, still in in beta, you know, unless this is the final release, I have no idea. But I just think um, for something that has taken this long to happen, I I would say it's a bit disappointing to hear that it, it doesn't apply to every game and it might not work the way it needs to work. So I, I, in that case, if I was Sony, I just would not have done it until I was 100% sure it actually works for every game because otherwise I wouldn't even bother changing the name. Now, you can change the name if you decide that you want to change it again. You know, the first time is free, but then you have to pay... I believe it's $9.99 if you want to change it a second time. If you are a PSN subscriber, you'll get like a discount. So instead of it being $9.99, I guess it would be $4.99, which isn't bad. But at the same time, again, uh, for those who have been waiting for this, I I hope that they're able to do it and they find satisfaction with this. I personally have no – I will not be changing my name because I like my name as it is right now, and I have the same – ID that I have for Xbox, so I don't see the, the need to change it at all. But that's just my opinion. Um,
2: yeah. But yes. Go, yeah, go, like, go, go, go ahead, Gary. In all seriousness, because I'm, I'm, I'm not actually changing my PSN ID, and um, even if I wanted to, like I, I would probably wait for the next console, um, even though I'm not even sure I'm getting the next console. But the reason I say that is because I want to make sure that all games... Are going to support this name change and you know I still have games from before 2018 on PS4 so if if a lot of those games are, are going to be broken or they're not going to carry over my leaderboard data or you know certain things like that then I would rather just not you know change my name at least until there's a new console because when the new console comes out like because basically from here on it's, you know, that uh, that feature is going to be a part of every game that comes out. So, you know, from 2008 onwards, that that's built in that name change system, you know. So, I would rather just wait till the next console because then it's going to be like the next wave of games. So, uh, you know, then I can be sure that every game is going to support my name change. Whereas in this generation, um, I still have a lot of games from before 2018, so... I wouldn't feel comfortable changing my name, uh, just because I don't know what the effects will be when I revisit those old games, so, yeah, I, I, wouldn't bother with it, um, I have no reason to anyway, cause, you know, uh, my PSN ID is pretty much the nickname I use on, like, every service, so, um, I, I probably will not be changing it. Hmm. Well, I totally understand that. Um... But um, also I wanted to say that This just goes to show how Forward thinking Microsoft is Because when they first made the Xbox Live infrastructure They thought of all of this already Like you know like they didn't have To scramble to Reprogram their network So they can include a feature or anything Like they already thought of this Like they were forward thinking Um, And with Sony It's like they never considered these things when they made their network. Like, they were just making it up as they went along. And then they saw what Microsoft was doing on the 360, and, you know, they had to play catch up. Because if you remember last generation, something similar happened um, where, you know, people used to always say, oh, like on Xbox, we have background music. Like, we can uh, listen to music and play games at the same time. And PlayStation never had that feature, and it took them years before they could finally implement that feature. Um, so yeah, like this, this is a an ongoing thing with Sony where um, it takes them a while to figure out how to include these features in their network. When you know, if they were a bit more forward-thinking, they probably could have made this easier. Um, but but yeah. Um, That just goes to show that, you know, we should appreciate Microsoft because without Microsoft, we might not have had a lot of these features um, that we have now.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, you you are correct. Um, Let's not let's not be too positive of Microsoft because, you know, then the you know, people people like the Xbox fans, they will be like, hey, they finally acknowledge Microsoft is perfect. We didn't say they're perfect. But uh, yeah, they, they oh, definitely yeah. Uh, they definitely w- were forward thinking in, in how they handled uh, this particular situation. And we obviously will have a lot to say about Microsoft next week because I know that they did there was news about them having an Inside Xbox this upcoming week, and they're going to be talking about E3 2019 and a lot of the other things they have planned in, at that sh- at that particular show. So we'll definitely talk about that next week because uh, that's going to probably be one of the main things that we'll be talking about. So. But once again, those interested in PS, PSN IB changes, yes, congrats. Now you're able to do it. Definitely, you know, feel free to do that ASAP if you don't think it will impact any of your other games. But, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for that topic. <laughs> All right. So I'm now going to pass the mic over to Dana as there is a game that I believe that she has had some time to actually check out. A little game called uh, Samurai Showdown. So, Dana, the floor is yours.
0: Oh, thank you for your floor. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was able to play Samurai Showdown, which, you know, it's by SKN. Those who obviously know, the game has been around for a very long time, but it's taken a very long hiatus, and now it's coming back. It will be coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on June 27th. We're also going to get Nintendo Switch and PC versions so that Gary can play. It's coming to in the winter, and there will be a Japanese arcade version that will release later on this summer. Now, the game will bring back the 13 original characters from previous entries of the franchise, as well as three newcomers, which kind of seems a little small, but three newcomers. Now, they also revealed that there will be um, the new trio, the new people that are coming, is called Darling Dagger, who is a shipbuilder who fights from a sawtooth blade. Woo, I'm going to butcher this name because I am ignorant. Forgive me. Wu Rax Rizuk. I don't know. But Ru is a Wu. R-U-I-X-I-A-N-G. Who's the Chinese fighter who can summon a dragon? That's pretty cool. You got dragons in this game. Any game with a dragon, wins. Um, Then there's also Yashurama Kurama, who is a fallen samurai, who basically has a sword that has an extended handle. Uh, they will join the, like I said, the other previous... 13, which is Earthquake, Galford, Tam Tam, Charlotte, Jinjuro, and I'm not going to butcher these other names because that's just disrespectful and mean, but they're 13 of the previous ones that everyone loves and enjoys. Now, moving on with the gameplay itself. Now, it had to be stated for everyone repeatedly because he was just kind of like, glossed over look that this game is a very slow game. You're not going to go in there and start trying to kill everybody like this is a uh, Street Fighter. There are no combos. So this is a very... It's not turn-based, but it's still a very slow game. Um, the controls are very similar to other fighting games though. Um, I played on a PlayStation so, you know, it's... Whatever that you find with other games that you play on PlayStation, you're going to be able to control it the very same way. Um, the game itself was very fun and very brutal, but it was also just very slow. Once you master the certain moves, then you it, it's not a game that's going to sit and teach you everything. The more you play it, the more skilled you will become. Because one of those, you have to keep playing it in order to improve much at life. You gotta, you know, just just keep on. Um now each character will have its own different fighting style, which is very good. If you're looking for some type of diversity, you have the diversity there. Um also each fighter will have two special moves, uh one with a red background and the other with a yellow. The red background special moves are basically you, you gotta keep hitting like say for example like the left trigger. And you know, it works like a regular fighting game. So you'll, you'll figure it out in that end, but it, it, you know, it's not something that's overcomplicated. It's very simplistic and it's kind of like style, which really works well. If you're not used to say playing street fighter, because you know, you can't go right in there and start thinking you can do combo moves and that'll be it. It's, it doesn't work that way. And you'll end up losing way faster. If you try to play that way. Um, I would say that, you know, in a game again, it takes a lot of skill in order to figure it out. And the more skilled you are, obviously I was playing with the developers. So they killed me and it was like really disrespectful because they didn't even like pretend to let me win. It was like, ah, little girl. And then they came and just killed me in like five seconds. But I did find that the more that I kept playing, the better skilled that I was. So I wasn't dying. So embarrassingly, I had some pride by the end of my experience. Um, I do say that this is this game here. If you've never played any of the previous games, this is a very easy approach to someone who's new to the series. Um, the plus side about not having combo moves re- kind of means that you don't have to memorize all of the different buttons and the combinations. So that is a plus side for that. Um, each character moves though, they are initiated in the same way. So there is some similarity. If you choose different characters you can still figure out the moves rather quickly. So that is a plus. Um, I will say that that also the art is very stylized. It was inspired by a lot of Japanese folklore. It's very pretty. It's very bright. Um, so that is also another plus. My only thing is that it's a very slow game. But Also, it makes you think. It's literally, I would say, I would compare it to, like, the chess game of fighting. So if you're into, like, those thinking, analyzing, strategic type of games, fighting-wise, this is going to be a game for you. And it is very pleasing. And it's something that you don't, you know, you, you can't be aggressive on, but you can you can still slowly rack up your skill level. And you'll be perfectly fine. So I liked it eventually I would,
1: I would, yeah I I will say I will say that that sounds awesome uh you know I I had a chance to play the original game several several years ago I'm not I'm not gonna reveal how many years because I don't want people to be like yeah this this guy is really really old so. So, I, don't, I don't I don't even remember uh the exact time but I did get to play the original in uh in definitely is a game that I enjoyed but as you said it it takes time to uh, get used to this type of game because it is slow and methodical Um, so with that said I'm very I was very happy to see that they revealed that they actually were bringing this back so I'm looking forward to this game definitely going to look look out for more news on it more trailers I believe that there is supposed to be a series that has already started where they're going to be revealing characters every other week in YouTube videos because I I did, I did see a news piece about this not too long ago. So I definitely am going to check that out so I can, uh, you know, figure out all the other characters as well as what other new characters are going to be in this game. But, uh, definitely looking forward to it and we'll check it out when it comes out. I believe, uh, sometime this summer is when it's supposed to come out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks for letting us know about the game and, uh, I'm sure by the time it comes out, you will become a pro at this and you'll be destroying everybody left and right. Yes. So with that said, let's move on now to the next topic. Um, This, this is actually a a story that uh, I think a lot of people kind of missed out on because it was news that came out during a, you know, star Wars celebration. Um, so let's just give a, a quick little overview of what what is, what is essentially going on here. So um, the uh, lead actress who played uh, Iden Verso in Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is, by, by the way, a game that Gary says he absolutely loved, um, which I was surprised to hear, but yes, he, he did enjoy that very, game. Very funny. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but... uh actress whose name, uh, you know, I, I don't want to mess up her name. Uh, I want to say Janiyah Gav- Gavanark? Something to that extent. Uh, but she played a character called Tatia in the Frozen Wilds DLC for uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, that obviously was one of the Sony exclusives that came out this generation and caught everybody's attention. And uh, I know that uh, Gorilla... They was very they were over the moon about this game. It it, it was a huge success. So recently at Star Wars Celebration, uh, a fan thanked her for her contribution to Horizon Zero Dawn, and her reply was just wait until you see the sequel. You're gonna die. I know some secrets, you're gonna die. So a lot pretty much this news was taken as a bit of a teaser for the sequel. And I know that we've had discussions on this show in the past that uh yeah, they're definitely going to make a sequel and this is probably going to be a PS five title. I really don't think that Sony would push it out this generation because they still have so many other titles that they have to release before that. But um I guess I just wanted to get you uh both of you your your, your opinions on this particular topic. Whether or not you actually played the uh original Horizon Zero Dawn and whether or not you're actually looking forward to a sequel. So how about you go first, Gary?
2: Oh yeah, um, I think it's hilarious how that came out um, Like, I always like when um, spoilers and stuff drop Like when people, um, you know, they're not really thinking They just like let it out kind of thing Like I always find that funny But yeah um, <laughs> As for Horizon though um, I did play the first one, Horizon Zero Dawn um, I never actually beat it So I don't know what happens at the end but I could fully understand that game having, you know, another um, entry in, in the series. Because, like, you know, it's a really good game. Well put together. Um, it, you know, it seemed like a game that kind of fused ideas from a lot of other games. Like, there was some Assassin's Creed in there. There was some Tomb Raider. Um, even some, like, God of War and stuff. But still, it, it, it has enough of its own identity to carry a series. Um, And I feel like the the main character um, Is really well done as well So um, I could understand This game having another You know, a a sequel And uh, that's probably One of the games I would actually Be excited for on on the Playstation Um, So yeah um, I do believe, like you said It's going to be a next generation game Um, I mean, it makes sense At this point Like Any new game you hear about Is probably going to be next generation so um yeah i can fully see that happening um and it might not be a launch game i mean maybe it will but i i feel like it would come out you know in the first year of the ps5's life cycle or something either the first or second year so um yeah i can fully see that happening
1: oh yeah um yeah i I do agree with that you know, I, I, I do think uh depending on whenever they started development on this game they it it could be a launch title but again i'm not I'm not sure uh one, one thing I do know and I will take this with a grain of salt right now I was at gamestop the other day because I wanted to look into pre-ordering the Mortal Kombat uh, 11 collectors edition. And while I was there, you know, I, I you know, was talking with the guy who works at GameStop. He was telling me that uh, he asked me about the Nintendo Switch. I told him that I wasn't going to get a Switch because I was waiting for them to announce the other models. And then he was trying to say, well, don't believe everything you hear about the rumors. Uh, and then he started to bring up this rumor about PS5, saying that people saying it's coming out 2021, 2022. He said, actually, the, it, it, in Japan, they had a couple of test model units that they had put out there, and there actually was a lot of issues with these units, which is why now it may take a little longer for this system to come out. So, again, take everything with a grain of salt, because I don't know how knowledgeable this actual guy is. I just know he was talking about this stuff, because I we just had a, a general conversation
2: about it. Okay, so, so which store was this? This was uh, GameStop. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trust him.
0: <laughs> like, trust he, he, he's fun. trying to
2: get you to buy something, like you know, he he wants people to believe that these things aren't coming, so that they buy something now. Like, so. oh yeah, no, you know, you're right, absolutely.
1: So, <laughs> I thought that was funny, but um, the game is coming out for sure. I just don't know when it's coming out. Uh, I, it is going to be out next generation though I don't, I don't, like I said Sony has a lot of titles that they already have uh, out that, that they're in development you know Last of Us Part 2 uh, Days Gone which is coming out in a few weeks um, of course Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima so they have a lot of other titles that are supposed to be coming out this generation so I think Horizon definitely should wait until next generation so we'll see uh, did you have any thoughts you wanted to share, Dana, on this particular game? Did you get a chance to play uh, the original Horizon Zero Dawn?
0: I haven't played it in such a long time. Oh, sorry, <laughs> but yay for sequels! Whoop. But no, it takes forever to do a sequel, and to make an actual decent and good one, I wouldn't mind until the next generation. Although I'm poor and I don't know where we're having another generation, but it would seem like it's better suited on the next generation right now.
2: Yeah, yeah um, I agree. Dana also said that um, she loves Horizon because the main character reminds her of Becky Lynch, her favorite wrestler.
0: <laughs> you are silly. <crazy.
2: laughs>
0: You're a silly, silly lying man.
1: That, well, well I, I will say, um, I don't know if Becky has already done that, but uh, that that's a great cosplay idea for her to dress up as that character. I could have swore she dressed up as a character before Um, but yeah, if you want to do some type of cosplay in the future for like an event, that's a great character for her to portray uh, we'll see but um yeah I, 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 I must admit that I, I never did get a chance to play the original Horizon Zero Dawn the, the reason for that is because I recall when this game came out, it was the exact same week as The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and on top of that I actually was going to my first GDC that same week. So I definitely did not have any time at all to dive into the game. Now, I do, I do have the game because I, I remember pre-ordering it. It is actually on my PS4 right now. I just have not had a chance to actually play it. So hopefully, by the time the sequel comes out, I will have had a chance to play the first game. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. There, there are too many other games I have to catch up on, so that, that might not happen anytime soon. But,
2: yeah, I, I remember so many games came out around that that time that uh horizon came out and that's why i didn't uh get around to finishing it because i remember uh near automata came out i think the same month uh, yep and uh persona 5 came out like the next month or something as well that's true yeah you're right so many games i think mass effect andromeda 2 came out that month
1: yeah that 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 that, that was the crazy year with all the, the major releases um so so yeah, I mean, you definitely had to pick and choose, uh, well, at least in my case, you had to pick and choose which game to devote your time to. I know Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, people have spent hours and hours and hours in that game. Uh, and this game also, I heard this is like at least a 30, 40-hour game, so these are not no short games that you can just get through, uh, and especially if you want to get all the collectibles and all the other stuff. It, it takes a while to really dive into this type of stuff, so... I haven't had a chance to jump into it, but hopefully I can jump into it before uh, the sequel comes out. But I, I think I have a, a good amount of time for that for that 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 happen. So we'll we'll see. So, uh, any final thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next?
0: I wish you well, sequel. Oh, what did you say? I said I wish you well, Mr. Sequel. <laughs>
1: Yes, we shall see okay uh, moving on a couple more stories to get into here this is a story that I'm, I'm very I'm very curious to hear Gary's perspective on I know he had a chance to play the second game and I believe I'm not sure if you had a chance to also play the sequel as well Dana but uh, Watch Dogs 3 um, there was a report released recently that suggested that the sequel is going to take place in London now, I will, I will say this because this this also came from a leak, which pretty much had confirmed that it is going to be in London. I know that Kutaku also reported on this story initially. So uh, the, the, what, what, I, what I want to say about this real quickly is, you know, I, I know that the last game, Watch Dogs 2, took place in San Francisco. Um, I did not get a chance to play that game. Gary, I know you played the game. You actually wrote a preview about the game also Uh, because, you know, you have played it during E3 as well. So um, I want to go to you first, since you do live very, very close to London. What are your thoughts on this game taking place in London? And are you excited for hearing this once Ubisoft actually confirms it? Because I'm pretty sure they're going to confirm it now that the leak is out there before E3 gets here. But what are your thoughts on this news?
2: I'm actually excited about that because... I've been wanting to see like a, um, a, a modern uh, you know 3D game that takes place in, in London for a very long time because we haven't really had that since like uh, the getaway on PS2, um, I mean Assassin's Creed Syndicate that was in London but it was like old school London you know like um, back in the day medieval type stuff um, so I've wanted to see like a you know modernized version of London in a game for the longest time. You know, we always get New York, we get Chicago, we get LA, you know, um, and all these other big cities, but we haven't had London in a very long time. Um, I thought maybe Grand Theft Auto would do one eventually, but um, I guess Ubisoft is going to beat them to it. Um, and I'm excited at the the, the idea of, of Watch Dogs taking place in London, um, I, I have a thing for, for hacker stories right now. Like I read a lot of um, hacking fiction with hackers and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, um, I, I'm ready for Watch Dogs 3, man, in London. like I, I feel like that's a good combo. Um, and I want to see what kind of story they're going to tell. And I do need to finish Watch Dogs 2 before this game comes out, just so I know where the story is. Because um, I don't know what happens at the end of Watch Dogs 2. But um, yeah, I, I can't wait. I'm excited. I I, I, I I will just
1: say this right now. If this is taking place in London, I'm about 99% sure Ubisoft will have some type of event in London. So uh, we are definitely going to have to look into that if that's the case to see if, uh, yeah, something you might be interested in attending.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> me, me, Rams, and Carl will, will pull up for sure.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yes. So, uh, Dana, have you had a chance to play Watch Dogs Two or the first game? And what are your thoughts on this sequel taking place in uh, Cherry O, London?
0: I-, I should put on my British accent because we're going to London. Chip chip period. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> That's so you- accurate. It is accurate. Thank you. No, um, I did play the first one. And I had the wonderful, beautiful experience of the game glitching so bad that I was scarred and was like, screw you, part two. So <laughs> I played the second one. I am happy that it's in London for Gary. So those who like London, yay you. But if Watchdog 3 does not glitch, then I'll play it.
1: Well, I I, I certainly understand uh that particular uh, comment about glitching there, there were a lot of issues with the first game mm-hmm. I, I encountered some some issues like that and and also I, I was not a fan of the protagonists uh, I was not a fan of the, how the story panned out it, it, I mean it, it, I'll, I'll say it like this the game was a great a, a first a first attempt that was okay but it was not as good as as it could have been and it was not as accurate as it could have been the, the sequel, Significantly better game. It's like a night and day difference. Um, although I haven't spent as much time with the game as Gary has, even when I saw it at E three, it's like, yeah, this game. It just looks like they finally embraced. You know, the setting was perfect because the, you know Ubisoft is based in San Francisco, so obviously they have the place where they were able to really get a lot of their inspiration from right there in front of. Them. And then, of course, to embrace the hacker culture stuff. I think they did a better job of that in this, in that, in that, in that sequel. So hopefully, the third game is, uh, you know, going to be a lot better.
2: Uh, but we'll see. Uh, I do want to <laughs> say one thing though. Like um, the, <clears throat> excuse me, the character in the second game was really cool. Um, yeah, I like that. But I would like to be able to create my own character in the next one. But... Um... I don't know. I, they probably won't uh, make it like that, but I think it would be cool to to create your own character.
1: I, I I I would think that they have enough technology where they they could make that an option. I mean, but it, it, there's probably going to be some caveats to that. Like, if you do create your own character, then maybe the character won't speak in the game. Uh, they won't have no dialogue or something like that. Or I mean, I, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but. Hopefully they are going to consider that because they, they have to have things in this game to make it different from the other two. And obviously you couldn't create your character in the first or second game. So it would be great if you could do some type of customization uh, with that particular option in mind for the for, for the next game. But I guess we'll, we'll see about that.
2: Yeah. So with that said... I just think it would be really cool to like create your own hacker like uh like you're gonna probably gonna be able to do in um uh, in cyberpunk like having that and watch dogs would be really cool wow you know what
1: um i didn't really think about that game until you mentioned that uh wow well um i don't know when ubisoft is releasing this game but man yeah i, I would assume it's gonna be this fall but yeah, if if Cyberpunk is also coming out this year, that's uh it's gonna be a ton of competition. <laughs> Especially if it's in the same window as this game. That's uh yeah, that that's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But um yeah, so we definitely can I, I guess like I said before, you know. Since this, this news has already leaked out, uh, I'm pretty sure that Ubisoft is going to reveal this before E3 just like how they did with Assassin's Creed where they acknowledged and said this game is in development, yes. And then, then you'll hear more about it at E3. So now I am definitely expecting that to be the case with this particular game. Uh, so I guess we can stay tuned for that announcement and maybe that'll happen within the next uh, next month or so. Um, if not sooner than that. But uh Yeah, looking forward to hearing more about it and uh, definitely looking forward to trying out Watch Dogs. Although, as I said before, I have to play the second game. I have to play it thoroughly uh, all the way through. As for the first game, nah, son, I will not be going back to that game. But, uh, yeah, I'll play the second one. Yes. So uh, any thoughts before we move on to the uh, next topic?
0: Don't suck. Don't glitch. (laughs) Don't care what a game is played. You know, it could be taking place in Africa or the moon. Just don't glitch.
1: I agree 100% with that. Hopefully that will not be an issue. (laughs) Indeed. Okay. So, this next topic, I'm actually going to give you the floor, Gary, because uh, there has been some drama behind uh, Dragon Age 4. I know there was an article that article that uh, I believe that Kotaku published really diving into all of the drama that went on behind that whole game and the fact that it is now being rebooted. And I know that you've also written an article about BioWare and EA's relationship. So I'm going to give the floor over to you to inform us as well as the viewers what is going on with uh, Dragon Age 4 and uh, what were you addressing in your article?
2: Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, I just want to uh, give a big shout out to um, to Jason Schreier. because uh, I'm actually reading his book as well, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. And um, in that, he he um, basically documents the the development of a bunch of different games, and um, Dragon Age Inquisition is, is one of them. Um, and you know, he talks about a lot of the complications they face throughout uh, development um, he even he even explains what happened with Dragon Age 2 um, and you know what happened there was basically EA had a gap to fill like because they had no game uh, coming out for for that year or that period because they had to delay something so they they kind of forced the the dragon Age team to produce a, another Dragon Age even though they wasn't ready to. And it was like a year after uh, the first Dragon Age came out. So the reason Dragon Age 2 is so scaled back in its concept from what the first game was, is because they only had a year to develop that game. And it was like a super strict schedule that they had to follow. So they weren't able to make a a grander story. Um, And you know, the reason they had to reuse a lot of levels and Models and stuff is because they, they only had a year, so that explains a lot on, on why you know that game came out how it did and people reacted to it that way. Um, and you know, the, the idea they had for Dragon Age 2 was actually what Inquisition turned out to be, so um, so yeah, he explained that whole thing in the book. So now, fast forward, um, you know, uh, we, we've all seen what happened with Anthem, we've heard. All the controversy, and um, a few weeks back, Jason Schreier put out a report like a very detailed report. Everyone should go read it. I linked to it in in the article I wrote as well, so go check that out uh, on Kotaku. But um, he put out a report, and you know, this report uh, basically reveals what happened with Dragon Age 4. Like, basically, Dragon Age 4 was rebooted from the original idea. Now, if you guys remember a few years back, uh, Mike Laidlaw left Bioware and uh, Mike Laidlaw was perhaps like the last of, you know, uh, the the true Bioware people that, you know, that we know that uh, represented quality and, you know, storytelling and, and, you know, true creative concepts and stuff like that. Like he was the last of those guys that represented what Bioware was all about. And um, he had a vision for Dragon Age Four, and you know it was going to uh, be it was going to be very uh, character driven. Um, you know it, w- it was going to be kind of a scale back story. It wouldn't be like a oh we need to save the universe kind of story because we get those kind of stories in every RPG. This was going to be more about you know the characters and the player and just experiencing the world of Dragon Age. Um, and, you know, you were going to be in the Tavinta Emporium um, Which, you know, if you play Dragon Age, you know uh, What that's about But but yeah, like, he had this whole Vision mapped out for the game And then, you know uh, All of a sudden EA, you know, the higher ups, the executives They step in and they're like You know what, I'm sorry We need people to help us with, with uh, Mass Effect Andromeda so they pull people away from Dragon Age team, from Mike Laidlaw's team to work on Andromeda because they know it's a mess uh, because of their mismanagement, basically. Um, so they pull his whole team away to work on Andromeda. And then when that's done, and you know we, we all know what happened with Andromeda, but when that's done, they then take those people to work on uh, Anthem because they want Anthem to be their main... Focus going forward because they Believe that that's the type of game That's going to uh, make Them the most profit um, And then you know that project That Mike Laidlaw had was basically Scrapped um, and that led To him leaving the company uh, You know and that's really what Made him leave um, because the, the Direction was just being lost Completely So now this new Dragon Age that they're making Is a, a new Idea and the idea comes from the top. It comes from you know the execs and EA. So they basically want this game to be built on the anthem engine because they don't have time or you know they, they don't want to allocate resources to the project to create you know like a, like its own customized engine. So basically they're saying throw the game on the anthem engine. Um, and that Anthem engine is built for for Anthem, you know, it's built to be an online service game, you know, like, it's the type of game Anthem is. So, that's going to restrict a lot of stuff, and obviously, you know, there's going to be a lot of online features that EA want in there as well, so they can, you know, uh, milk, milk, like, gamers and stuff, basically. So, like, milk your money, milk your... Your uh, bank cards and stuff like that, because uh, they want microtransactions and all these things in the game. So, so yeah, like EA's bad, you know. That like they don't care about the creative ideas that Bioware have. You know, they just care about like their spreadsheets and numbers and what the numbers say. You know, um, and that's what's really killed Bioware uh, to the point that the Bioware that. That exists now, you know, isn't the Bioware we know, and we have this conversation again and again, but it just it hurts to know because like you're so passionate about Mass Effect and Dragon Age, like those two, those two IPs alone inspired like the the books that I wrote, like so they mean a lot to me, and you know just to see how uh, EA is just ruining and destroying these IPs, it's like it's really sad, so. That's what motivated me to, to write the article That I wrote Which was basically let Bioware go Because um, I feel like uh, it, it will be very sad If uh, they just Close down Bioware I feel like EA should At least have the honour To to sell off Bioware To another company or something You know to where they can have a second chance um, But Just to To, to you know, to mismanage them to the point of destruction. Like, I think it's pretty sad that 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 happens, or that that is allowed to happen. Um, so that's what my article was all about. Like, of course, I know EA probably isn't going to sell them off, or they're, they're not going to um, let them go and be their own independent company. Like, it's not going to happen because you know EA is a corporation; they call the shots, they do what they want. So. Uh, we saw what happened to Visceral recently. So um I think that's what's in the future for Bioware. If if Dragon Age fails, I think that's the last that's the last of Bioware right there. Because right? Anthem kinda bombed, like they didn't get the response they wanted. So everything is riding on Dragon Age and um everything we're seeing suggests that, you know, this this is gonna go pretty bad. So uh yeah. That, that's what my article was all about basically but Rich what's your thoughts on this cause I know you know you're also pretty passionate about Bioware you know their work you love Mass Effect as well so like, what's your thoughts on all of this information well
1: first and foremost I-, I thought that you did an excellent job on the article um so I, I-, I appreciate you being very honest and forthright with the opinions. I know that you know we, we we've always been talking about Mass Effect and of course I know you and uh Ramis had did a podcast talking about Mass Effect Andromeda. The good, the bad and the ugly, which uh everyone should definitely check out if you haven't done so already. But um I just think uh yeah as far as where I look at Bioware, yeah, without a doubt, uh Mass Effect is one of the series is that. That's one of the games that, when I first pick up picked up my Xbox, that was definitely one of the games that had me hooked. In particular,ly Mass Effect Two, I think, in my personal opinion, and I have to say, my personal opinion, that is probably the best of all three games. That is just my opinion, though, so I don't want nobody coming after me in the comment section for that for that statement. Um, but yeah, um. When you look at how Bioware put together that trilogy, and we can definitely debate and talk about the way they decided to conclude the third game, because that's controversial in some regards. But just the way they put together that, that whole first trilogy, by far one of the best gaming tril- trilogies that I have enjoyed from, from, a, from Bioware. You know, Of course, Dragon Age. Uh, I know back in the day, uh, you have told me multiple times, you need to play Dragon Age didn't get a chance to play Dragon Age. Didn't get a chance to play some of Dragon Age 2. And I have to say, man, that was disappointing. Cuz I recall we actually recorded a show as I was listen- as I was listening to some of our archive of uh, you know, older co-op episodes. I did recall one episode I heard, you know, we were talking about Dragon Age 2 and I believe Mills as well said the game was trash. And uh, yes, that demo we played was pretty bad. Now I didn't play the game in full, but uh, that demo was enough for me to say, okay, I don't know if I can go back to this. Now, with that said, I did download the game recently when it was a part of Game Game Pass, so I will get a chance to jump back into that. Not Game Pass, Xbox Live, so I will get a chance to actually revisit that again to see what it will, you know, how it is. But just in terms of BioWare. Um, Overall, they have done a pretty good job with what they have put out, with the exception of Mass Effect Andromeda. That that was the most recent thing that was a flop. And then, of course, Anthem, which is a game that I haven't played. So, but with that said, we do know with EA's track record, they have not done a good job with some of these studios that they have taken under their wing. Uh, role and all the great things they did with the Dead Space franchise, Um I really enjoyed that franchise, despite the fact that I did not like the last game that they released. Um, so I was hoping they were going to do something really good with their Star Wars licensing. But then, of course, we saw what happened with Visceral, as you already stated. So I, I do, I definitely want BioWare to, I hope, I'm hoping that BioWare, when that time does come and they make a decision to leave, I am very hopeful that they make that decision. And they just go forward and do whatever they need to do for themselves. I'm hoping that they remain somewhat intact. I don't want to be a situation where EA has to shut down the studio and then everybody is out of work and has to find something else. I don't want that to happen because BioWare has a talent for telling great stories and making great games. So I want them to survive, unlike the other companies that did not survive under EA. So hopefully that is what happens. But the question that I wanted to ask very quickly, and then you got to get Dana's opinion, is so is Dragon Age Four still in development? Is it still coming, or what's the story with the game right now? Because I know they had to keep stopping development to work on these other games. So is Dragon Age Four still in development, or or,
2: or do we not know any of that information? Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's in development. It's just that. The, you know, the original idea that Mike Laidlaw had Which sounded like a good idea And like it was going to uh, stick to the roots of what Dragon Age is You know, uh, they completely scrapped that idea now And they're going with their own direction And they're putting it in the Anthem engine uh, You know, which is questionable But it, they are going ahead with it Okay so, so basically, that, you know, none of the old people who worked on the previous games is going to be working on this. Like, this is basically an EA project. So. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So, so here's a question. Here's, here's a question that
1: I have to ask now. Based off of this situation, uh, do you believe that, um, in all seriousness... Do you believe that Bioware will actually get to release Dragon Age 4, or is it possible that they may get shut down before this game even comes out?
2: I think they'll get the chance to release it, but um, I feel like if this game bombs, I think that really is it, because, I mean, you had Andromeda bomb, you had uh, Anthem kind of bomb, they, it didn't do what they wanted it to, and if this game bombs, like EA's not going to be happy because... Their their actions are dictated by uh, you know executives in the boardroom who are just looking at Excel spreadsheets and stuff like you know they don't care about the bottom line they don't care about what the customer wants they don't care about the people you know slaving in the the, the studio at their computers programming and stuff they just care about their turnover you know their, and their profits basically um, so yeah I, I feel like it will get to that point where Bioware will be shut down. Now, they do have one last trump card. And maybe if, you know, if Dragon Age doesn't do well, they can be like, okay, we're rebooting Mass Effect. Like, maybe that's their last trump card. If, if they don't have any of the original team, then I think at this point fans are just going to be like, okay, like we know we know what to expect here like this is going to turn out just like andromeda so (laughs) they 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 really have to going to try to sell us on you know the, the people who are working on the game um and yeah i mean i think the only like tony polanco said this actually i think the only way we'll get to see that bioware that you know we love from the past is if all those guys get together and form their own new studio. Um, I know some of them are already working with their own studio, or they they form their own studio. But if the full team gets back together, like, and then they you know create like a new IP or something, kind of like what Kojima is doing, then that that might be the only way we really get to see you know uh, the Bioware from the past. Um, and I know uh, the Banner Saga, right? That's that's some of the guys from. Uh, BioWare worked on that Uh,
1: Yeah Mm -hmm.
2: So yeah I mean I think that's The the only way we're going to get that old BioWare Is through spiritual Successes you know from guys Who used to work at BioWare but At this moment in time uh, BioWare is Just an imprint like it's just a name Like it's not what we It's not the quality that we've Come to expect from the past And it hurts because I really love you know the lore of Mass Effect and the lore of Dragon Age, and I want these to be IPs that go on forever, uh, like Final Fantasy or something. But you know, EA is just like they're just running those names through the dirt, and they just don't care. So it's a shame. Yeah, uh, I, I I definitely think um,
1: it is. It, yeah, it definitely is a bad feeling. Uh, I mean, on, on 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 the flip side, I, I really don't know why um what the issue is with EA not really giving a team the creative freedom to do what they want to do because because the, the perfect example, um, the makers of A Way Out, which I've said multiple times on this show, that was an excellent excellent co-op game, um, and it's a game I think a lot of people overlooked when it came out. I know I I played through that game with with Adam Vale, um. It was a fun game, and then they had a the little twist the twist uh, in the storyline towards the end. I I, I just... Uh, I, I know with that particular game, EA just left the studio created on their own. And then there's another indie title that's coming out later this year that we did see. I can't think of the name of it right now for some reason. But they're giving those developers the creative freedom to do what they want to do. But in the case of this it's unfortunate that they did not really give these guys the freedom to do what they wanted to do. I know with Anthem, uh, we know with Anthem, that was the most recent example of something that was disappointing. So, uh, it's unfortunate, but, um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Dragon Age 4. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Dragon Age 4 is, uh, you know, going to turn out to be a good game. I have no idea. I can only hope. But uh, as for Bioware, as I said before, you know, most importantly that anything that does happen, you know, I I definitely want to see Bioware be restored to the company that it once was. Uh, Again, when you have people leaving, that kind of makes it difficult to really see how they're going to come back and become a stronger company as a whole. But uh, I guess we just have to wait and see um, how everything will pan out with this. Uh, But we'll see. Uh, definitely want to get uh, Dana's opinion on this as well, because uh, I'm pretty sure she has played Mass Effect. Um, so, any thoughts on Bioware, Dana, and the issues going on with Dragon Age 4?
0: Um, I played Mass Effect a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was booty bolt. Um, the Dragon Age situation, I just... I'm not surprised overall, but I just do hope that they're able, maybe they just need to cancel the game. Maybe it just seems to be like that best since there's just so many type of issues with the thing.
1: You know, I, I, you know, I, I, I do, I do think, you know, I I don't, I don't know if EA is necessarily happy. All this news is coming out about the issues going on with BioWare Um that's another thing to to, to consider. I'm, I'm pretty
2: sure they're not, you know, thrilled about this, this, this stuff getting reported on. And that's why I really respect Jason Schreier, because this is what journalism is all about. Like, he's, he's like, restoring that feel that, that I, I got when we first started uh, the coalition, where, you know, you would just, you would make your own stories. Like, you know, obviously there's news that comes out every day, and The PR people send you what they want you to post and everything but this guy goes out and finds the stories like and he's well researched as well um so like you know for a report like that that detailed to come out like that was amazing you know and I'm sure EA hates it but (laughs) that's what journalism is all about and I respect what Jason Schreier did so Um,
1: oh yeah I agree definitely definitely
2: Hmm. and um also like you want to know what my dream scenario is like this will never happen but my dream scenario is that cd project buys the uh the you know all the bioware ips from ea and then they hire all the old bioware people like that would be like my dream scenario to happen
1: well that 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 uh that that truly would be an amazing thing. Um, I mean, I, I know that they they're still doing stuff with the Witcher IP. I guess the Cyberpunk is. If this takes off, this could be like a new franchise. So that'll be great if they are able to do that. So then they have a lot of other things they can alternate between. Um, but uh, man, I, I I have no idea what's what the future holds. But I, I'm just hoping that. Uh, if something does happen with BioWare, yes, that some of the IPs can be restored by somebody. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully, it doesn't come to that where BioWare has to get shut down. But, you know, with EA, they have a, a track record of shutting down these companies. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how everything pans out. Yeah. So. But... In any event, I would definitely encourage everybody to check out Gary's article if you haven't already. It's a very good, well-put-together piece. Uh, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people will agree with the article that uh, they don't want to see Bioware suffer. But um, something has got to give. So hopefully Dragon Age 4 does come out and it does turn out to be a success so it can get Bioware back on track. But uh, I don't know. It's looking a little rocky now. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But... uh. Any final thoughts before we move on to uh,
2: our last topic for today? No, let's get to the last topic. With you know, we're staying with EA, so let's go. Yeah. So
1: while while we already told um, talked about the negative situation with Bioware, there are at least some positives going on with uh, EA, and uh, in the case of Respawn, you know, EA and Respawn. They've had a pretty great 2019 so far. I would say at least as far as certain games that are out now. I know Apex Legends, uh, that was released earlier this year for Respawn and that game obviously has proven to be a massive success so far for EA. So they're very happy about that. And I know that with Star Wars Celebration going on, I believe we're on day three right now, but yesterday uh, they released the first official trailer of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So we got a chance to see what the game is essentially going to be like. A cinematic trailer, of course. Um, We also got information that this game is completely a single-player game. No microtransactions whatsoever. Um, And yes, very much a story-driven experience. So uh, I wanted to get uh, both of your thoughts on, first, the trailer... Uh, what what your thoughts were about the trailer and whether or not you think that this actually has a shot at becoming a successful EA Star Wars licensed game. So I'll go to you first, Gary.
2: Yeah, so before I get to the actual trailer, uh, since I'm already kind of bitter at EA, uh, (laughs) I I, I want to poke fun and, and, and say, like, basically EA's marketing campaign for this game like their message is basically, this is not an EA game. Like, because basically, like you know, they they they're making uh they're making it a point to say there's no DLC, no microtransactions, and blah, yada yada yada. They're basically saying this isn't your typical EA game. Like, because your typical EA game has all of those things. So they have. It, I just find it funny they have to go the extra mile to point out that this game is different from the rest of games, and you know. Uh, obviously, they had that very bad press uh, with, with Battlefront, so they want to make sure that this game is completely separated from all that press. Um, so yeah, I mean, there you go EA, that's what happens. Like That's what happens when you mess up that badly, um, you're, you're going to find it hard to market your next game, um, so yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Now as for the trailer itself, and the game itself, um, I'm not really a trailer person, so that trailer didn't do that much for me, to be honest. But I am semi-intrigued about the idea of a story-driven Star Wars. Um, I mean, I wanted to see what Visceral was working on, and Amy Henning and uh, you know, uh, Jade Raymond. I really wanted to see what they were working on, but, um, you know, this game, I mean, it's story-driven. You're playing a Jedi. I mean, this is pretty much what people have wanted for a long time, you know? So, uh, this has the potential to be good. Obviously, what we saw was a cinematic, so, you know, I feel like I haven't really actually seen the game yet. But, um, just looking at the direction, I am, you know, kind of intrigued. Um, I'm not like a super Star Wars nerd, so I can't really uh, point out everything from the trailer, like, you know, everything that I saw. I'm um, sure people will know all the references and, you know, all the, the stuff that's happening, you know, behind the scenes and stuff, but I don't really know. I just watched the trailer and I'm like, okay, cool, this, this looks good. Um, I want to see the actual gameplay there. But um, just the fact that they're making a story-driven Star Wars, that's that's what we've wanted for years. Like, you know, so I'm happy about that, but I have to see a lot more before I'm fully 100% sold, especially because we're talking about EA. So that's my thoughts on it.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I I I, uh, I uh, totally understand that. So uh, not really knocking any any of that what what was what said. Um. I do. I mean I, I mean it is the game is set to come out in November. I believe it's November fifteenth. So they already have a release date. It's coming out to coming for Xbox One, PS4, and PC so we do know all that information. I I I personally think that um you know, I I know that Respawn has they have had a good track record with the games they have made. Even Titanfall 2, a great game, but EA made the mistake of releasing that game so close to Battlefield, whereas I feel a lot of people just skipped over Titanfall 2 and it did not sell as well as it could have sold or got as, as much attention as it needs to. So what, I, what, what I'm curious to see now is, obviously we now know this game is coming out in November I, I want to know, this is obviously going to be a big release for EA in, you know, during the fall I want to know whether or not they're going to be releasing something else that would take away attention from this and I would hope that they would not do that because they already know the last time they did that it didn't work out in their favor so hopefully EA does make this a focal point and they don't release any other games around this time or close to this time. Because uh, people definitely would pick this game up. But, you know, we'll have to see how they go about that situation. Because they didn't do it right with, with Titanfall 2 in the past. So, we'll see. Um, but, I understand the, the need to be hesitant with, with any anything EA does now. So... We'll just have to wait and see. And, I, and I'm and i pretty sure we will see gameplay with E3 coming up right around the corner. Obviously, there's not going to be an EA press conference this year. So uh, I, I don't know when they would have a chance to show gameplay, but they have to show something as we're getting closer to the actual launch. They, they, they cannot go and not show anything. So we we'll just have to wait and see what they actually have planned for this.
2: Either they're going to showcase it at Xbox uh, uh, E3 or... They're gonna have a big blowout at Gamescom, or uh, yeah does, does uh does Disney have their D D twelve D twelve or whatever it's called this summer? Okay, yeah, it'll probably be at that then. Yep, yep, I would imagine it would be at that. Like that's probably where they'll like show the whole story direction and everything because um I feel like Disney is gonna really help them co-promote this game because. You know, you have the final um, Star Wars episode coming this, uh, you know, this year, and then Disney Service as well, which is going to have more Star Wars content. So I feel like this game is going to get a lot of cross promotion and help from Disney. So I think it would make sense if they had a huge blowout at the the D12 or what is it called, Dana?
0: What? I'm so yeah,
2: that's it. D23. There you go. Yeah, so I feel like they're gonna have a big blowout there.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so I'm gonna go to you next, Dana. What, 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 what was your opinion on the trailer?
0: I don't trust trailers. I've never <laughs> trusted. I d- I just don't. They purposely make it look amazing so that you would get interested in the game. And then you find out that it's not even the stuff they filmed is in the game. So, I don't get excited for trailers, but I will say I am excited for the fact that they seem to just went back to the, their roots, that it's just, you know, a single-player game, which works for me because I've always loved single-player because I have no friends. And so... The node microtransactions, which also works because I'm broke all the time. So that works as well. And it seems like it's really simple enough. Um I know that they also explain that it will feature new locations in the Star Wars universe. And that it will also have all of the old locations that everyone knows and, and loves. And, of course, there's going to be lightsaber and there's gears and weapons and the same enemies that we know of. So it seems like they're trying to create something new, but also playing homage to the original and also to the canon itself. So that is a plus. Um, that's what I'm kind of excited about there. Then it also, it seems that, um, you know, it... Again, I'm not going by trailer, but overall, I just hope that they just make it very simplistic and something that we don't have to worry about where it gets overly complicated with the fact that, you know, the DLCs and all these other extra storylines that they want to add. So overall, I'm optimistic, but I would have to actually see the gameplay and see what is going on to be that excited.
1: Oh, well, yeah. Well, I, I, uh, totally understand that. Uh, I totally understand that. Uh, I totally understand both of the points of view that you and Gary have. I, 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 I do have to be honest and say this, though, and it, this may be considered a controversial statement. Uh, I am more excited for this game than I am for Episode 9, because after seeing that Episode 9 trailer, I was like, yeah, I'm glad they're taking a break after this, this one, because it's just, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. Too much, too much, too much, too much, too much. Obviously, I will see it so I can see how the story is completed, but I'm not really impressed, nor am I excited for that movie at all whatsoever. (laughs) That's just my opinion. So, uh, with all that said, any final thoughts on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order before
2: we get ready to wrap up today's show?
0: Don't suck.
2: Yeah, don't suck. I I hope it's good. And um, I hope that EA is finally going to listen to the fans because that's what they they haven't been doing for like the past 10 years. So um, I hope they're they're learning their lesson. Yeah. I agree.
1: Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. But we'll we'll know soon enough.
2: I also feel like um, Disney... um, like, I feel like Disney is in their ear, like, I think, well, not in their ear, but, like, they're, they're uh, watching them over their shoulder. Like, you know how you're working at your cubicle and your boss is, like, looking over your shoulder? Like, I feel like Disney is doing that with this project. So, um, I do feel like they'll it, it will turn out good, but I feel like Disney probably had to, you know, come in and clean house a little bit. Because um, after that PR disaster with Battlefront, like there's no way Disney didn't give them a phone call or something like you know to, to say what's up what's going on you know so I well, feel like Disney is is playing a big part in the production of this game
1: I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that Disney is the reason why they're saying all this stuff up front like oh yeah there's no microtransactions this is a single player only game they, they want to be as clear as they can on the messaging as to what this game is before you even get into all the other stuff. Because, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Disney has told them we need to be very clear. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, so so that's why I kind of have faith in this because I feel like Disney is playing a huge part. But if it was just EA left to their own devices, I wouldn't trust it at all. But I feel like Disney has a has a, a, a big say in this. So um, I think it, it might be good.
1: Mm. Yeah, Absolutely. But, uh, you know, only time will tell what their final product looking like. So we'll see how that all pans out. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully uh, the game is actually good. I know a lot of people were excited for it. So um, just hoping that they're not let down. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. So with that said, uh, I believe that concludes uh, our topics for today's show. Definitely thank you all for listening. Um, As I mentioned before, we have a couple of different things in the works. So certainly stay tuned because, you know, there's a lot of things that we're going to be talking about in, uh, you know, more shows we're recording and more reviews we're actually doing. So stay tuned for all that on the website. Um, So I'm going to go to you first, Dana. Do you have any shout outs that you would like to give?
0: Um. Shout-outs to everyone who's listening, and also a future hope that because Disney wants to be so proactive and have all these new properties out, can they please bring back Disney Infinity? Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? We'll see.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I would like to give a shout-out to everybody on the Coalition staff. Uh, This is Mr... Jake James Lugo, Dana, um, Mr. Anthony Nash, Tony Polanco, Tatiana, and, of course, uh, Gary Swaby. Uh, appreciate all the work you all do. And, uh, and, of course, everybody that listened to today's show and has continued to support the website, we appreciate your
2: continued support. And, uh, Gary, the floor is now yours for uh, shout-outs. Yeah, sh- sh- shouts to all of our Patreon people, Ben Collins, Mariso Aguilar, Tim Dill, Fergus Mills, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, Sean Gority we appreciate you all for your continued support. Uh, we actually just published um, the Disney, we, we had like a, a discussion about the, the Disney Plus, like we had a breakdown of that. Uh, where Dana was basically running us through, you know, all the, the, the stuff that's coming to that service And we had a discussion about the, how valuable that subscription service is compared to the others So that is on the Patreon right now So if you are a subscriber, you can go listen to that uh, Everyone else, you know, you'll, you'll get access to that a little later But um, yeah, definitely check that out if you are a Patreon supporter uh, Big shouts to Reggie also, who was in the chat today um, and yeah, shouts to the, the whole coalition staff, um, and you know everyone who's who's supported us over these ten years. And I I also want to shout out Jason Schreier again because uh I've been very inspired by his work this week. And also um shouts to Malik Forte because it's crazy to think that like you know we we kind of came in this in indie. Um, media, you know, game at the same time, like around the same time, um, like around the same time that uh, coalition was starting, you know, he was he had the iron star movement and he was going viral on YouTube and everything. And then, you know, we all kind of met at E3 and you know, we kicked it, had fun, uh, we saw him multiple times throughout the years and everything. And it's like now I'm watching him, like. All the time on Overwatch League, like you know, because he, he's one of the hosts on that. So it's just crazy to see how far we've come, you know, and how long we've been around and stuff. So uh, I like to show appreciation to people. So big outs to Malik Forte as well, and um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me.
1: Hmm. Absolutely, yes. Shout outs to everybody. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you all next week.